Welcome to episode number 54 with Deborah Atkinson, Flipping 50. Welcome to the Herpreneur Wellness Show. I am your host, Annette Lackovich. Join me as I bring you some of the most cutting edge and coolest people on the planet to help you live a bigger, more fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business and an extraordinary life. Let's do it. Hello, ladies. This is for you. If you've noticed your body has changed over the years and perhaps your body is not responding to exercise or diet the way that it used to. Perhaps when you were younger, you used to be able to snap yourself into shape and just lose those couple of kilos within a week. And now it seems like it takes months and months just to drop even a couple of kilos off the scales, let alone a dress size. Today we have wellness coach, fitness expert and hormone balancing crusader, Deborah Atkinson, who has helped change lives over 150,000 women. She's helped them flip 50, be more energized, have a better second half of their life with vitality and looking hot. She is a best-selling author of many books. You've still got it, girl, that after 50 fitness formula for women. After today, you might find that you want to hear more of Deb and her messages. She has a Flipping 50 TV show on YouTube and also Flipping 50 podcast. In today's show, we go over everything from not just how she started and the changes that she noticed in her body, but also two of the hottest tips that she can give you to help change your body now, and two tips for your health and nutrition to really start to whip that diet into shape, and it might not be what you think it is that you need. Enjoy the show. Ladies, my goodness, I'm going back to my grassroots today into health and fitness. We have the amazing Deborah Atkinson's today, and Deborah is going to be educating us on how to help us look and feel good, exercise, and what we should be eating pre-menopause, going through menopause and after menopause. And Deborah, I have to say that I started off teaching aerobics when I was 15 and it was that long ago. It was called aerobics. Now they call it group fitness. And I would cringe at how much high intensity exercise classes we were doing back then. I'm a bit more educated now. Um, it's yeah, I would cringe at some of the stuff we were teaching at 15 years old um, to women that were probably three times my age at that stage. Um, thank goodness that we started to get more educated over the years. But I want to say a big welcome and thank you so much for being on the show and just being a crusader that you are out there to educate all the young women now and the women that are going through menopause in helping them look and feel great. So thank you and welcome to the Herpreneur Wellness Show. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And I'm I'm just imagining that me, at about the time you were 15, I was probably in college doing the exact same thing, you know, <laughs> teaching too much high impact, telling people to do too much high impact. I know. And here we are. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Having fun. <laughs> Um, I would love to start with, did you actually start in fitness yourself? Were you, were you always in health and fitness or was it something that you sort of fell into and then started to teach it? What's your journey with um, around that? 
such a great question. Thanks for asking. No, you know, I was always growing up going to be a graphic designer. Oh, well, that would have been popular I, now. <laughs> right, right. And, and I feel like I still use some of that. So I think, uh, you know, once an artist, you're always an artist at heart. I think I'm drawn to color. I'm drawn to, you know, I want to do my own ads. That doesn't mean I should be, but I like to. <laughs> so... I lasted for two years as an undergrad because back then in the early 80s, everybody in graphic design or art smoked, drank, and stayed up all night to do projects. And Uh I had just begun to, you know, I started walking at some point between high school and college with my mom, and that became jogging, and then it became running, and then you know, I evolved into wanting to learn about weightlifting. And I just thought, why didn't any high school coach ever tell me it could feel this way? You know, and I I was like, this is the first time I had self-initiated exercise. And And so I, I went through one semester with one foot in physical education, which is what it was called then. Mm -hmm. And one, in graphic design and by the end of the semester I was like nope I'm changing my major and uh, oh, wow. I think <laughs> like, and what are you going to do with that you know and I was like I, I don't know yet but I'm going to figure it out <laughs> so you know I majored in aerobics basically you know it was physical <laughs> education and I wanted to dance I had never danced before in my life but that's what I did wow and, the reason being, I wanted to make people feel that way, empowered. Mm. It wasn't about what they look like, but it was just, you know, about being a better mom, sister, brother, you know, um, spouse, employee, boss, whatever. It was that that I wanted to gift people with. Mm, yeah, totally get that. Um, I actually felt the same way where I just loved the joy that you would get from exercise, the endorphins. Um, Though for myself and being at such a young age, by the time I was in my 20s, it was definitely about how I looked. Um, Where now it's all about how I feel. I, I exercise because I just feel so intrinsically motivated by the feeling, which I wish everyone could feel that feeling that I get where I just can't wait to exercise. What was it with you where you put out this amazing brand now and you are pretty one, pretty much maybe one of the only leaders out there about really how to exercise, how to eat around 50. Was there a personal story that linked to, to actually being an expert in that field? There is. And it's, it's long actually. So, I mean, it definitely came to an acute head. I'll get to that, but I was raised by a mom who, she had me at 38. That was before it was sexy to be doing that. Mm -hmm. So people thought I actually belonged to my 16-year-old sister, which mortified (laughs) my mom, I'm sure. (laughs) I had older siblings. So, you know, I grew up in the older era, listening to their music, hearing their conversations, knowing what they went through. So essentially, I was learning about those older baby boomers mm-hmm. and and the generation beyond that, which was my parents, because then my older mother 
remarried somebody 10 years her senior, my parents played cards with my friend's grandparents. <laughs> and wow. this I was not happy there, right? <laughs> but it was research before I, I knew it. When mm. I got to college and changed my major, you know, in all of the exercise science and exercise clinic experiences, I was given older adults, the older subjects, and I was comfortable with that. And so were they. So I was training older adults my entire life. And so this is year 35. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I, I understand them. And I, I think I did connect on a pretty good level. I would have to go back and ask all of them. But we got pretty results, pretty good results. But when I turned 49, and that's about the time I'm the, I call myself a barely boomer. I am the tail end of 1964 when this is the last of the baby boomers. Uh-huh. When I got to 49, now we were hearing about all of the the change in economy and the huge group of people that are coming through and making those changes. And I was hearing from all of the clients I'd worked with, nobody gets us. Nobody. You know, I'm not 22. Some 22-year-old trainer doesn't understand me. They're going to hurt me. And I'm also not in a wheelchair. But there is nothing in between for people who want to be athletic and age well. And, you know, that I think is the niche that I hit because I still hear a very similar comment today. When I turned 49, I said, um, you know, I left voluntarily. I quit my job. So no TIAA craft, no insurance, no safe, secure paycheck coming at me. And, you know, I did it at a time when my son was about to start college in eight months. And I thought wow. the day after it, what did I just do? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, you know, so I stopped exercising, you know, hours a day is what I was used to movement, teaching, training, and doing my own exercise. And I would let myself away from the computer for about 20 minutes because I was really panicked. I was scared. Lots of stress going yeah. on. and Because you, you yeah, get, held your feet to the fire and you're like, okay, I, I need to <laughs> pull my socks up. We're going to make this work. Yeah. Mm. So I, And it sounds I, like it was yeah. a blessing in disguise. Is it? Is it? I feel like I'm at the end of my seat with a good movie right now. <laughs> I, I, so I bought into, you know, two major life changes I counted on. My son was going to college. I mean, that's what you want, right? And... I quit my job, right? That's a major life change. I went in my own business I and, and all in, which is so yeah. like me, you know. And every woman listening right now, Deborah, understands what that's like because there's a stage when you need to let go fully yeah. to really be focused on that business. Sometimes for a while we're on that trapeze. We've got one arm on the business and we've got the one arm getting some cash in, but there's a time when you need to let go and you've let go it. Like, oh my gosh, like you really, I, I could imagine your adrenals would have been uh, burning out big time. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Well, and then what I didn't count on is um, I had about six more major life changes I did not count on Ooh. that came in about a 14 month period of time. So you know, I'm from a very conservative Midwestern state, Midwestern town. I mean, you don't use turning signals because everybody tells you where you're going. And I was pawning jewelry to pay for Facebook ads. I mean, wow. I just, I, 
you know, even in the moment I was laughing, it wasn't funny, but I was laughing and I was thinking, how did I get here? Oh my God. Wow. So yeah, after a lot, a lot of stuff, what I realized is I'm in better shape, you know, after 14 months of 20 minutes a day. And even in spite of all the stressors I've gone through, I managed to keep my head above water you know, keep my focus, concentration, no brain fog. I was sleeping still at night. I said, you know, the research I'm just tipping into, I've only done a study of one. You know, it's not fair for me to say this works for everybody because it worked for me. But that's when I began to really dig into what's going on here mm. and what should we be doing during perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. Here's the sad part. 39%, just 39% of all sports medicine and exercise research features females as subjects. So when you say any one slice of a female stage of life, perimenopause or menopause or postmenopause or prenatal or adolescence, mm -hmm. you know, that's a very thin slice of 39%. So let's say maybe it's 20%. That means probably that 20% of all exercise programs that you've ever done really wasn't built for you if you're and, a woman. And, and who would be the 80% or the 65%? Is this men? Most likely it's a young, fit male <laughs> in college and athletic. Oh, yep. my gosh. Do you know – well, after I had my son, and I actually had my son quite late in life um, as well, and even though I knew how to exercise, Deborah, I, I wanted a personal trainer. And I remember I'd been going to the gym for a while now. All I could see were these young guys, and there was just one lady, and she was in her probably mid to late 40s at that stage. And I just looked at her, and I thought, she will get me. I did not want to be trained by a young, fit dude that probably didn't understand anything when I've just been through having a child, probably didn't understand anything about female hormones. And I was just like, I, I just, I really did not want to be trained by a guy. And it's not that I hate men or didn't respect them. I felt like that they wouldn't respect me in the journey that I've gone on um, from where I am now. I felt embarrassed that I'd put on weight. I thought they probably wouldn't understand that. Being young, fit men uh, wouldn't understand just the journey and being able to empathize and be in my shoes. And it was the best decision I ever made because that personal trainer that I got, uh, her name is Evangeline, and she was incredible and she trained me just perfectly. She trained me hard, um, but she was just the best trainer and a perfect match for where I was. To know that these studies are out there and they're done basically on these young men that have just got no body fat and just totally fit and <laughs> you think they're, they're, they're blessed. Um, right. So, yeah. Any reason, the reason they give for not using females as much is because they'll tick off, well, their metabolism is different, their hormones are different, their body composition is different, and even their socialization is different, you know, right? And then you would say, exactly, exactly yeah. what we need mm. that to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me, um, and, and the listeners, because 
I was, when I started training, I was into weight training at a very young age. So I started bodybuilding. Um, 13, I started lifting weights. By 17, I was in competitions. Um, and I had a, always had a big belief. And I be, remember being told, um, weight is great for osteoporosis. Now, even though when I started to do personal training um, in my early 20s, we were doing weight training, but what I didn't understand was these women were still doing hours on the cardio machines or doing these high-intensity classes. Can you tell me What's the difference? Because I didn't understand how I could do it and still look amazing in my 20s. And I'd give these ladies these same exercises and they were actually putting more and more weight on specifically around the gut. Can you share with everyone what makes women more unique regarding exercise and what they need to do um, when they're going through that midlife? Yeah, great question. It's it's the hormones for sure. I mean, it's the, you know, you're on a roller coaster and the roller coasters are going forward, backward, up and down, and there's a lack of predictability. I mean, that's really the definition of perimenopause. Mm-hmm. A lot of women don't have any other signs and symptoms that they're in it. They still even have a regular period. It hasn't necessarily even started to skip yet, but it's weight gain or it's weight gain around the belly. It's suddenly I'm seeing cellulite or my skin is thinning and I'm seeing these wrinkles I never saw or it's, you know, crepey skin. Mm. So those are, those are the signs and the symptoms. But the, the cause of that belly fat, certainly the sex hormones, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, those are beginning to come down for sure. And estrogen is a protector that kind of keeps your hourglass shape when you have a drop in estrogen from compared to five or 10 or 15 years ago when you were in childbearing age, it's going to start to, you know, make you more of a barrel, you know, and a lot Mm -hmm. of women will experience, they no longer have that waistline that they used to have. It's, it's harder to get, but what those sex hormones really do, they only get our attention because now we know we've heard about them so much, but they really just amplify what's been going wrong, what goes wrong with cortisol and mm-hmm. cortisol and insulin teaming up together. So cortisol, that stress hormone, is we're so much more susceptible to the negative effects of stress and cortisol when we're going through the sex hormone change. Mm-hmm. So what so even if we had the stress before in our 20s and yeah. our 30s, it's not until we get into our mid-40s as we're, we're approaching menopause that you're saying the estrogen starts to drop. And because that starts to drop, then we start to see a higher side effect of the cortisol and the insulin production. Is that right? That is exactly right. Mm. It's what we got away with. We can't get away with. You may have gotten lucky before, but now it's like you're driving down instead of an eight lane highway, the road just got narrow. It's two lanes, you know, no passing. And you <laughs> There's can- no room for error. <laughs> we got to walk and meditate every second of the day. <laughs> so can you um, share with everyone um, with exercise? So what is it that we need to do now. We're approaching our 50s. We've got women in their 50s. And some of them, um, I know I've got one listener, she's 58. 
Um, so we've obviously got some women that are over that 55 hump as well. What is the best type of exercise that we should be doing throughout that period? Because obviously we don't want to throw our hands up and just say we give up. Um, I know some women that are looking better than they ever have in their 50s. So what is it, Deborah, that we need to do in the type of exercise these days? There's a number one and a number two. Number one is strength training. So yes, I love strength training. (laughs) Yes, you are just the perfect example. I mean, if we could do anything right now and go back, and we can't, but we can reach out for our daughters, our nieces, and influence young girls. The sooner they get into the weight room, number one, you know, as a 15 to 17-year-old, you were helping yourself put bone density in the bank Mm. so that when you started to experience those natural losses that can happen after about age 30, when we peak, you, you had more to start withdrawing with in the first place. And then most likely you're not because you're continuing to strength train. The sooner we get a young woman comfortable when she's already confident in her own skin, walking into the weight room and picking up her weight and going about her business, the better. It's It can be intimidating to walk in at 50 or 60 or 70 and do that, but that is the number mm. one thing that is going to help. Healthier, happier, stronger, longer. That is so true with what you're just saying with it might feel more uncomfortable or unnatural by walking in in your 50s and 60s into the weight room because for me I feel like I own it but you're right I've been in there since I've been 13 years old I started weight training so for me it's I don't even I don't even think about whoever's around um it's funny I just <laughs> I'm definitely in a zone but you're right because um we need to understand where or I need to understand that if a woman's never been in the weights before and now Deborah you're not talking about lifting a two kilo dumbbell are you you're you're talking about doing some proper strength training here I'm talking about put those pink dumbbells down sister <laughs> yep and we're gonna we're gonna lift a little heavier so We've got two. I don't want to throw progression under the bus or scare anybody. We don't start heavy, but you want to have in your mind that you're going to start easy. You're going to get your joints and connective tissue used to it and then progress to something that the important pieces are this. Number one, for muscle metabolism, that you reach fatigue, whether that is a lighter weight and more repetitions or it gets to be moderate and heavier and fewer repetitions. But for bone density, there is a minimum effective stress. More repetitions of a lightweight won't help bone density. And that is really important that we emphasize that because Mm. there's a lot of confusion. You have to lift heavier and reach some kind of minimal effective stress for bones. So you need to know who you are. And if you're at risk, of course, you need to, you know, not do anything puts you further at risk. But I want to back up just one step and talk about we kind of left people thinking, okay, the the weight room is intimidating. But I want to back up and lighten up on that a little bit because if you're you're new in the weight room, it may feel a little bit that way, but I'll tell you, it's actually very fun. So you have never seen a, you know, someone more intimidated than say a young man in the weight room. If you walk in and pick up your weights and stare them down. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably what I do. But you know, it's quite interesting because I've just moved across to Perth uh, from, from Sydney and I go to a leisure center. I've never trained in a leisure center before. 
And I actually think I'm the youngest person in that gym. <laughs> so I'm, I'm oh, loving seeing a lot of, and I mean seniors. I don't know, maybe it's the time that I go, but there's actually a lot of seniors. I'm talking people late 60s, 70s actually training in my gym. That's so good. So good. And yet, you know what? So I'm 55, and I bet you're thinking the same thing. I don't think you and I are ever going to call ourselves seniors. We're going to mm, look around yes. and say, who, who are they? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Now, you said there's two things. You said the first one is strength training. What's the second thing? The second thing is high-intensity interval training. So we're all hearing about it. Yeah. And I think sometimes older adults wonder, should I be doing this? Yeah, shouldn't I be doing that? Or if we tell them it's good, the risk is you're going to try to do more of it. But here's a sweet spot. And just this last year, within the last nine months, a study came out because we now have enough evidence. We've had people doing HIT mm-hmm. for long enough that injuries start to occur if you're doing more than 45 minutes of HIT a week. So that means your ideal would be maybe three short sessions of 15 minutes of HIT or two sessions of 20 or 25 minutes of high intensity intervals. Just for anybody listening, yes. high intensity meaning for for 30 seconds or for a minute, you're going as hard as you can. So, so you need a breath. You're looking forward to having a break. And and then you have that little rest interval between where you catch your breath and you say, okay, regroup, I'm ready to go again. I can do it. It's just like putting your foot on the accelerator, putting the brake, yes. accelerator brake in your car. It uses a lot of energy. And in your body, it does the same thing. And so in saying that, um, one of the worst things then would it be for a woman to then go into something like a CrossFit that's like a 45-minute to an hour class? In comparison, doing uh, uh, cross training or um, high intensity training, but doing it in a short amount of time. You know, either would work. I think the risk would come if you're doing that 45 minute class and you're trying to hit it four or five days a week. Yes. If you worked your way up and you're you're doing it, but your high intensity is coming from a combination of both weight training and cardiovascular work, then here's what's going to happen. Your body is going to tell you, you know, if you feel like you could take a nap at the end of a session, it's not okay. It's not a good thing for you, right? We we want to get better at life, not at the gym. Mm. And I think we have to keep our eye on Oh, right. So the the whole idea of exercising is so that we do life better. We have plenty of energy to do the work and the play and have fun. Yes. And, yeah. you know, if we get to the point where we couch compensate, you know, and we're skipping life because we're too tired because we worked out, we've got it backwards. Yeah. So if so, what you're saying here is two most important things are get in the weights room, lift and have some heavier weights. So we're putting stress on our muscles, on our connective tissue, so we can really get the strength there. And obviously that's got the second benefit as well, which is, you know, supporting bone density. The second thing is high intensity um, training for around 15, 20 minutes, get our heart rates up. So just a walk around the block is not going to cut it as proper exercise. Is that right? That is so right. 
Yep. We all should walk. We should be walking more than we do. That's not exercise. Mm -hmm. It's movement. Movement is wonderful. You know, in fact, if we moved more, we might not need all these gyms, right? That's what they were doing 50 and 100 years ago. But we we sit a little too much. But work on the movement. And when you specifically exercise, get some higher intensity punctuation marks in there. Mm, Love that. And, you know, I always love to start my days when I can by that beach going for a walk. But I actually go to the gym first, do my high intensity training, then I do the walk. And the walk is more, um, I just collect my thoughts, I do some incantations or incantations and just say things to myself and just really power up my day, smell the sea salt. And then, you know, I'm back at my desk at uh, at 10 o'clock. That's how I start my day. Um, today's a little bit different because I have you seven o'clock in the morning. I've got another lady in America <laughs> nine thirty. So, um, but you know, off to the gym again. Um, so it's the, it's, it's great to know we've got such great education out there to help us get back on track. What I would love to do is take a bit of a segue from exercise if we can into diet and nutrition. Um, is there something that you think that you could tell the women listening, um, what's what's key for us nutrition-wise as we're approaching 50 or once we've flipped 50, what's really important for us with nutrition and weight? Absolutely. So two things come to mind because, and I want to chase them. So I guess the, the number one thing I would tell anybody is most women in perimenopause and beyond are right now have too little protein in their diet to help them keep muscle. And we we know now within the last three to five years, a lot of research coming out showing we need the protein as much for bone as we do for muscle. And, you know, I don't think we've heard that conversation. We, we've heard for years, calcium, magnesium, vitamin D, but we need protein. And then I'm going to chase that right away with you know, it's not isolating protein only. And I'm, I don't say that as a, a muscle head, you know. And what's you isolate? Need, what's, what's, what's protein isolate? Can you explain what that is? I, no, what I mean is I just don't mean to isolate protein as the only thing. Okay. Or, yes, it solely is important because what we know is we need overall micronutrient-dense diets. So you really can't skip anything. And here's, you know, nobody eats too few vegetables. So if you're going to do one thing for yourself, pile the vegetables on. Nobody overate vegetables, really. Um, So, you know, work on that. Get your greens, get your veggies from well-rounded sources, not just two or three of those favorite vegetables. But we've got to have all the parts working in your body, and that is from different micronutrients. So a diverse diet that supplies all of the energy needs that you've got and everything for muscle. So start looking at your protein needs on a per-meal basis. Mm, Yes, yeah. And is there anything to do with fats? Is there, is there importance with fats around menopause? Um, I know once I went into my 40s, I increased my clean proteins and increased my fats. Um, and I noticed, Deborah, that I was just, it was just, my body fat was just falling off me. <laughs> 
was just just increasing the fats as I got older. Is there something behind that when it comes to the estrogen or is there anything there that why that's important for us? Well, I think in part it is that you need healthy fats in your body to help proper hormone balance. So there is a piece of that. And we are still from the era, certainly baby boomers, you know, 50 and older, and you potentially Mm -hmm. even on a tail that we grew up in the era where, you know, fat was bad for a very long time, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to go low fat and that hangs on, you know, so I think logically, intelligently, everybody can be saying, yo, I know I need more fat, I need more fat. But when you actually go to the grocery store or you go to make the decision on the menu, I think we all still falter right there. We hesitate for a moment about a higher fat item. Mm-hmm. And so we do need the more fat, but I, I will come back to, I think that's still uniquely you or uniquely me. Uh-huh. Some of us do better with a, a ratio of protein and fat and carbs. That's pretty equal. Some of us do better with a slightly higher protein and fat intake and a little lower carb. Some of us do better with a little higher carb and lower fat. So I do think that there's got to be, first of all, let's journal it. Let's find out what's true now. And if it's not working, then yeah, we need to change it. But let's test it, not just randomly with the best, you know, New York Times bestselling book diet. But let's just say, okay, what what am I going to do for three, three weeks or four? And let's test and see how well I do. How satisfied am I? How much energy do I have? How am I digesting and eliminating? And what's happening with my skin when I change this way? Yeah. And test it. And that's important that you're saying about um, journaling as well, journaling what you're eating and being able to journal how you feel from what you eat. Because I love how you're saying that you really have to decide for yourself if it's working for you. And I think that if, if you're journaling every day what you're eating, when you're making these changes and introductions, um, you can actually look back the next day if you, oh, suddenly got some bloating or I'm feeling really fatigued today. Um, and it's a good, great thing to be able to compare. Um, tell me about, you've got a launch coming up called Stronger. Can you share with everyone what this is? Um, We might have some women listening that are interested in it and they want that support on their journey. Um, Tell us about what Stronger is. Absolutely. So it is a 12-week strength training program. 12 weeks is actually a a length I'm in love with because, I mean, if you're in business, that's a quarter, right? I mean, that's how we set Mm -hmm. our goals. You know, if you really want to make life style changes. And that's really what I want for anyone that I'm working with. I don't want to give them a five minute quick fix. Can I do that? Yes. But is it going to stick? No. So I'm really out on that one. I want somebody to really make this a part of their lifestyle. So stronger is strength training based on only research that features females in perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. (laughs) Congratulations. That's awesome. Hey, all day, that's all we do. So nothing is random. It's been proven. We've actually proven it with uh, the women we beta tested it on as well. But it's two workouts. So that's another optimization secret that if you're doing three, thinking more must be better, back off. Because 
to higher quality workouts with more rest between often can help you be more fit and feel more energetic. So we do two weight training workouts every week. You get one new video for 12 weeks in a row, and they take about 35 to 40 minutes. So it's simple. You can do it at home. You need three sets of dumbbells, kind of a light, moderate, heavier, and and you might outgrow them. Most likely you will, but you'll know. And I'm a like an over-cure. You're a kind of a prior exercise freak, right? So mm-hmm. you get that. IQ and I try to answer the questions before you know to ask the questions about where you should be feeling it, where you shouldn't be feeling it, little things about reminding you to keep those elbows in or weight on your heels, toes wiggling. That's me. So it's really important that we get the technique because most women in perimenopause, menopause and beyond have a joint issue as well. And I know Mm -hmm. it or have a condition or a prior injury. We lived a good life. So I factor all of those things in, and that's what Stronger is all about. So we take you from October 1st right to the beginning of the year thinking, what resolution? I don't need a resolution. (laughs) Exactly. I'm already primed. (laughs) Um, Deborah, if if someone's listening to this later on as well, how can they continue to follow you and to learn more? Is stronger done in in um, increments in twelve month in twelve week increments? Do you have launches throughout the time? Can they jump on your website and actually find out more about that launch? Absolutely. So they can go to flipping50.com forward slash get stronger. And if we're in the middle of one, they can get on a notification list to learn more as soon as it's released. And usually there's a little early bird perk for getting on that notification list. So there's a, a little little incentive to go and do that. But Fantastic. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, guys, what we'll do is we'll have the link there for the Flipping 50. Um, if listening to this launch, we're going to make sure that we get it out so you can jump on board. Um, it's if you also go to annettelackovich.com forward slash flipping 50, if that's easier for you to remember. Um, otherwise, if you to iTunes, go straight down, click that link. It will take you straight through. And we'll also have all the links there for Deborah's books and actually just to learn more about her. Uh, Deborah, I'm going to ask you two questions today. One's going to put you right on the spot, and I apologize, though um, I think I feel I feel like I'm being called to ask you this question because there's a lot of women listening that are going in business right now, so they might be in the startup phase. And you mentioned something before about you took the leap to go into entrepreneurship, in which is such a stressful time. Just you know, all ownership is on you. Whilst your son is going into college. And needing to right. fund that. What was one of the biggest things that you learnt? Because it was like you said that you were you're born in jewelry to make money, and you are now one of the leaders in what you do. If you had to give some just some critical advice, something that really just made you keep going and pushing through it. What's one of the key things that you think that made you really, and, and the quality, I'm not asking, not talking about the motivation from your son in college. What was a quality that you think that you possessed 
that made you really never give up, that made you make it work, that made you not go back to employment and say, oh, that's it, that's my business dream gone. What was that quality that you think that you had that women can really start to reach inside themselves and start to pull forward? Definitely it's consistency. So if I say, you know, I'm going to publish a blog on Tuesday and Thursday or a podcast on Tuesday and a blog on Thursday, it happens. I show up. And, you know, sometimes being that person who is always there and you keep doing the things, the steps that you know that will matter, even when it feels like I'm not making any headway, I'm not getting anywhere, somebody's watching. And and all of that comes back to you. So I think that's that's the biggest piece is the consistency. You know, there's always that, oh, an overnight success. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, overnight I, was 12 years. <laughs> right? <laughs> the other thing is, you know, it never dawned on me. Somebody very recently who um, saw me in the locker room, she saw me on the very first day I – moved to Boulder, Colorado, and that was in the middle of this chaos and midlife crisis. She said, I remember seeing you. She's like, you made it, she said to me in the locker room, and my jaw must have dropped to the floor. As I was thinking, there was no chance in hell it wasn't going to (laughs) work. I mean, Mm. there was no, it was going to work. Wow. Yeah. Certainty, hey? Just complete 100% certainty. Thank you for that. And I know that was sort of a left of field question, but I just, when I heard you just really doing all the groundwork to make it work, I really wanted to just to uncover that. No, I appreciate you asking. I love to finish the show with this question. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. What's the one thing that you do? on a daily basis or even weekly, it has to be at least weekly, that you do it because it makes you the happiest version of yourself. At least your vibration so high that you know that's the best thing that you can do to really bring out the goods. I exercise outside somehow. Mm. Yeah, amen to that. I'm... <laughs> moving to Perth has been the best thing for this Deborah because our winter has been like summer over here I'm telling you it is I probably go outside at least four days a week I'll at least start with my day like I said before I'll I'll go to the gym or do whatever I need to do but I'll do that walk it'll be in the bush it'll be near the sea I get that it's that connecting that way with that nature isn't it it's just that smelling that fresh air yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's sometimes very hard. You know, what? there's there's always be four more things you have to do, but you're so clear-headed. I am so mm. clear-headed. I come back, but there's, there's not a more productive hour in the day than that hour that I wasn't at my desk. Do you know, this, this, um, I actually say to my clients that you, if you cannot get your walk in, schedule it in because it makes you the better businesswoman. 
It allows you to create ideas. We do not create our ideas when we're stressed at our desk. We create our ideas as women when we have that space and we're feeling good and I'm so glad to actually hear that where you're saying that you're getting these ideas and it just makes you that better version of yourself because that's one thing that I always say to women is I used to start my workday, Deborah, at nine o'clock and as soon as I had my son, it was not feasible for me to do that one thing, which was get that walk in in the morning and connect with the world. And it wasn't until later that I realized that I needed it for me to be the better businesswoman, to actually reduce my stress levels and to have that space and to get those ideas. Um, how long have you been just connecting with the world, getting out there and, and exercising at the start of your day or any time in the day? Has that been for years or is that something that you just come across lately as well? No, it has been for years, but I think it's been more lately and that I realized how imperative it is mm. that I do. That, that is a non-negotiable. Yeah. It's a non-negotiable. So you just broke up then. It's non-negotiable. Yep. That is right. Love that. Deborah, thank you for being here today and sharing your genius and just making such an impact with the women in the world. Your work is needed. It's embraced. Um, big kisses from Australia to you. And um, we can't wait to continually just um, follow your movement and what you're doing. Well, thank you so much for having me and for what you're doing. What an amazing message. I hope you loved today's interview. If you want to check out Deborah's Flipping 50 Challenge, go to AnnetteLakovich.com forward slash Flipping 50, and that's Flipping with a double P-I-N-G and the number 50 spelt. Click all the links. You get links to her books, to the challenge. I want to do a big shout out to Kelly Morgan. Kelly, thank you so much for writing a message on the blog of the podcast for Essential Oils, Kill Sugar Cravings. Uh, She said, Annette, I love listening to every one of your podcasts. I've left a few reviews ages ago. Episode number 40, I've listened to now three times. Whoa. Um, I've used doTERRA oils for two years. They are amazing. Thank you for the show. I'll be ordering Dr. Moritz's book. I recently purchased Petra's book a few shows ago. So Dr. Moritz's book is about balancing hormones with essential oils. So absolutely perfect to mention this on today's show. And Petra's book, uh, Petra Kolber that is, she was the first face of Step Reebok. She created a book around perfection paralysis. So a big thank you, Kelly. I can see you're all the way from Brisbane. Big kisses to you. I really appreciate you taking the time to write a review. And, you know, if you're listening and you haven't written me a review or you want to give me an update, I'd love to hear it. It honestly keeps me going. It's me and the microphone here in my office over in Western Australia interviewing these amazing women and giving you this in, this awesome education. So please, if you take the time, I promise I'll give you a shout out as well. Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you next time. You're listening to the Herpreneur Wellness Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought or message that you are meant to hear here today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out.